Hi, Fashion Hotline. Hi, this Easter, I'm on the hunt. For eggs? For new styles my family can wear to brunch. Get to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, right now, get a huge 50% off your entire purchase in store. Everything you need, like dresses, polos, and shorts, is 50% off. 50% off? You must be hiding something. Dresses start at just $12 for women, $10 for girls. But Easter's just three days away. Then hop to it. It's in stores only. Don't tell the Easter Bunny. Hurry in for 50% off your entire purchase in stores only. Now at Old Navy. Valid 14 to 420 in stores only. Excludes in-store clearance. Gift cards. Register lane items. Jewelry today only and two-day only deals. He did the monster mash. The monster mash. It was a graveyard smash. He did the mash. It got on in a flash. He did the mash. He did the monster mash. From my laboratory in the castle east. To the Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back. It is February the 13th, Tuesday, 2018. And you are here for your one-stop shop for true crime stories, horror news, and tales of the real life unexplained. Your favorite spooky podcast, Monsters at Midnight. I'm your host, your probably least favorite escaped <laughs> madman, loose on the airwaves, terrorizing your eardrums, Matt Schaefer. And joined with me, of course, I have the doctor himself, the professor, the mad scientist at Zima Podcasting Laboratories, Graham Zima, how are you tonight? I'm fantastic. <laughs> he said, uh, not quite convincingly. <laughs> you just, every episode, you build me up to more than I really am. But that's okay. It's, it's fine. I disagree. Um, and that lovely voice you just heard is the one and only Groovy Goulette, and our probably the most professional addition <laughs> to the show, Joel and Dormady. I can confirm that we is true. We can confirm. Joel and Dormady, how are you tonight? I'm great, and I've got a clipboard to prove my uh, To prove how professional, and she's in a blazer. I am. And meanwhile, we're in sweatpants. <laughs> I brought literally no material, so... Uh, uh, well, I'm wearing the same clothes from yesterday, so let's not shoot my heart too much. <laughs> that's fine. Um, so yeah, it's February. February sucks. I hate February. It's short, which is good because it sucks. It's like, you know, you think January is bad, and then you actually get to February. You get to like, February. Well, it does get worse. Yeah, it because it's worse. like the 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 winter season, especially in this lovely state of Wisconsin, just shows no sign of stopping. It snowed again this weekend. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of being cold all the time i like how i knew it was supposed to snow this weekend and i uh i still made an impromptu trip to chicago on saturday when it was like the worst and still worth it but it took but we got home at like 5 a.m it was horrible it's a horrible she, idea she's professional she's a risk taker <laughs> and honestly she should just have the show yep you can have it you Speaking can have of it. which are we gonna talk about horror movies or are we gonna talk about the weather i'm i'm building it up i'm <laughs> giving context to when this comes out because if you're like me and you listen to things chances are you'll listen to them far after they're actually released if ever um, always be sure to check out the other shows on the Zima Podcasting Network, such as Living the Dreamcast with Brian Annis and Will Gilbertson for all your video game news and whatnot. Uh, World of Wall, Will Gilbertson's show where 
he just I don't even you know. Get, like you it's get literally something you want. It's something new every single it time. Is which like is a, a Baskin Robbins thirty one flavors of what the fuck is Will gonna talk about today? Yeah. He oh definitely God. comes prepared, that's for sure. He got time to adapt uh Max Schaefer's show about uh Books, no, book books, adaptations. books and their subsequent adaptations and media, Living the Dream, The Flagship Show by Graham Zima. And much, much more. And much, much more. Again, and if you are in the Milwaukee area or not, listen online. Uh, Graham is an actual radio. Uh, I, I do do that on occasion. It's a weekly thing. Check it out. It's called MMA Madness, and it is great. Yeah, we have uh, we got a big show coming up this Friday. We got finally have some guests, so be sure to check that out. And you can listen to episodes on SoundCloud too. Uh, it's not affiliated with Zima Podcasting at all, but I'm on there, so I guess in a way it's affiliated in I to like some to, degree. I like to bring it up just because I'm proud of you. <laughs> well, <laughs> you and no one else. No, I'm just oh, well, on that note. <laughs> We're so chipper today. I'm yeah. trying my best. I I don't know where my energy went. I'm still hungover, so I, I'm whatever. not. I get it. But it's uh, it's definitely a reality. Yeah, how is I the only one who showed up today not hungover? Because mm. you're a responsible mm. adult. Mm. Yeah, well, well, that's yeah. not true. But <laughs> I admire. Them. I'm not hungover anymore. We got some right. Macdons, and it was fine afterwards. I'm still dead. Jolyn is still dead. Because she is the groovy Goulet. Speaking of which, what do we got for our first topic? That's a good question. Uh, So, yeah. Yeah, let's get to it. Uh, uh, Lock your windows, bolt your doors, turn out the lights. Monsters of motherfucking... (laughs) Motherfucking... Motherfucking midnight rides for February. And it's going to be straight uphill from here. I promise (laughs) you. It can only go up. Literally could not go any lower, so... Let's start off with just because I see it on the uh, the first topic on Jolin's clipboard. Oh. Uh, it is a movie that, of course, was circulating with uh, being one of the most highest critically received horror movies of last year, the de- directorial debut of Jordan Peele, and has been nominated for Best Director and Best Picture, if I'm not yep, mistaken. And Best Original Screenplay. And Best Original Screenplay at the Oscars. Shazam! We are actually talking about Shazam, the hit movie. <laughs> starring Shaq. Anyway. <laughs> we were talking about Get Out, of course. Yes. Uh, Jordan Peele's opus, Get Out. Uh, if you have not seen it, please check it out. It is a phenomenal horror movie, uh, horror comedy, I-, I would put it, because the more I watch it, the more the political satire uh, rings out to me, but it's also just a deeply uncomfortable and well-thought-out horror movie to boot. However, Jordan Peele has recently, among, on top of uh, being the new buzz for the Oscars, Jordan Peele has recently stated that he will seriously consider making a sequel to his hit film, Get Out. I am quoting Gulf News right now. Uh, the director has said that while he has received a lot of feedback on the film, hearing audiences relate to the feeling of the sunken place has been the most meaningful. When you cre- create something like that, it's very personal and meaningful, but to hear that people kind of related to that feeling and needed it to be named has been very touching for me. 
I can tell you that I will definitely seriously consider it. I love the universe, and I feel like there's more uh, more story to tell, of course, in regards to making a sequel. I don't know what it is now, but there are some loose ends that want to be tied up, he said, end quote from Gulf News. So I turn it over to my two friends here. What do we think of this news of a very serious potential sequel to Get Out? Jolyn, I start with you. Um. Well, okay. So I'm going to preface this with I I kind of don't like horror's tendency to turn everything into a franchise mm-hmm. and, you know, just like really beating stuff to death. But this is definitely something that I, I agree. I think it has some loose ends that could, you know, use some filling in or whatever, you know. And uh, I I would like to see him do another horror film like that because I'm afraid that other filmmakers are going to see that and, and want to mimic it. And I would much rather it come from the guy who kind of, you know... He, he he brought up a, a new vibe to horror. I think that that movie felt very different to me than than other horror films. So I I'm excited to see him do more in that style. Mm-hmm. I think that'll be really good. All right, Graham. Yeah, I think there's certainly loose ends to cover up. Uh, I mean, there's without spoiling anything. I mean, there's just certain storylines that we kind of get a hint at, but there's the greater world where the the pr- procedure, if you will, that basically spoils it at this point. But um, where nah. you know the the, <laughs> the procedure uh, that th- is taking place throughout this community, so they have definitely a way to go with it. Whether or not they're going to go back to the uh, the lead guy again, mm-hmm. like continue his story or expand it further, I'm either I'm up, I'm up for seeing. Either or, um, that actor so was phenomenal. yeah, he was fantastic. He got a he also got a best actor nomination. That's oh, right. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So, um, but yeah, I'm I'm totally on board. I mean, he he Jordan definitely showed he's got the chops to work in horror, and I know I'm really enthusiastic about that Twilight Zone reboot that he's doing. I'm really mm-hmm. curious to see how that goes. So, anything with him attached to it at this point, I'm on board for. Yeah, I mean. I agree with you guys to an extent. I don't necessarily know if I want or need a Get Out sequel. I like how self-contained it is. I like how unique it is as its own idea. I think it's good that it's... Jordan Peele has obviously made the decision that if there is going to be a sequel, he's going to be doing it. Yeah, that's, because it's good. it could have been one of those things where all of a sudden uh, Bloomhouse or whoever got a would get a hold of it, and then it just goes to the next schmo. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I think, like you said, he has proved his chops as a horror director. I'd like to see him uh continue with new ideas i'd like to see new ideas i'd like to uh see what else he can do uh i do like the the universe of get out i do like the concept behind it but i don't necessarily need to see more fair enough that's just my standpoint and also i agree with uh jolin's sentiment and not every horror movie needs to be franchised what? Everything needs to be franchised now. I don't think I'm everything just needs kidding. to be franchised. Oh, she's snickering about my phone background. Wait, oh, that's yeah. a good transition. Uh, <laughs> hold up, we're not done yet. Ah, okay. Um, so yeah, if you haven't uh, checked out Get Out yet, uh, please do. And uh, you can see for yourself what you would think about uh, Jordan Peele's writing and directing and whether or not you want to see a sequel. But yeah... We'll make the transition because Jolene got a glimpse of my phone background. It <laughs> I'm is, sorry, I'm a child. No, it's fine. It is a picture of Nicolas Cage in a uh, turtleneck and fur coat at the Sundance uh, 
like red carpet. He's I looking guess. sly as a motherfucker. He sure is. He looks very happy. <laughs> you don't make sense to me, but that's okay. <laughs> um, anyway, so why is that relevant, Matt? It is relevant, Jolyn, <laughs> because one of the highest, re- speaking of highly reviewed horror type movies, one of the highest reviews reviewed movies going around Sundance right now is a movie called Mandy, starring Nicolas Cage. And we'll bring up the synopsis of it quick because it is so ludicrously it, – it, it, like you would read it and you would immediately think that, yes, this has to be a Nicolas Cage movie because no one else could do it justice. It is written and directed by a man named Panos Cosmatos who has one other film under his belt. The synopsis, straight from good old Wikipedia, is somewhere in the primal wilderness near the Shadow Mountains in the year 1983, Red Miller, played by Nicolas Cage, has fallen deeply for the beguiling Mandy Bloom, but the life he has made for himself comes suddenly and horrifyingly crashing down when a vile band of ravaging idolaters and supernatural creatures penetrates his idyllic paradise with vicious fury. A broken man, Red now lives for one thing only, to hunt down these maniacal villains and exact swift vengeance. And it's one of the highest reviewed movies at Sundance right now. Oh yeah, Nicolas Cage is back. Yep. It um, sounds absolutely nuts. So. It does sound absolutely basically it's Nicolas Cage going I think one review I read said Nicolas Cage goes John Wick on monsters and hippies. That sounds and like my kind I of film. am fine with that. So yeah, I turn it over to you first, Graham. What do you think about Nicolas Cage's alleged craziest movie ever, Mandy? Which Those I can big words. Yeah, I was gonna say uh, to call it Nicolas Cage's craziest movie yet. Alleged. Is, alleged, alleged. Alleged. That is quite a statement to make, mm-hmm. given his uh, track record. I am... It seems to me there is a percentage of the population who very much are in love with Nicolas Cage and his films. Um, apparently Matt. Apparently Matt. And no, no, it's no. Like y'all don't know me. <laughs> no, I know you, and I know many others like you. So you're not alone. This is not just me calling you out or anything. This is just an observation. Um, I have never really been in that group. I'm not. That's not to su- to suggest that I don't like some of Nicolas Cage's movies. I think he's actually he gets way too much flack um, as being you know the. I think pinnac- when he's good, he's really yeah, good. But other times he's. Yeah, but I don't yeah. think he's like so the bad. pinnacle of bad acting that people draw him up to me. Like he, yeah. you know, he makes order, bad decisions. Exactly. In order to be like the considered one of the worst actors ever, it's like you have to be consistently terrible. And I feel like he's not as consistently terrible as people say that he is. So, but that being said, for the most part, I haven't been like the biggest fan of his. But this. I mean, this sounds just right up his alley. That's exactly what I would expect Nicolas Cage to be doing right about now. And um, I, it sounds like a movie that doesn't take itself too seriously. Maybe I'm wrong on that. No, Uh, everything I've read, I'm like, no, that's absolutely correct. It sounds like apparently it uses a lot of different color filters. It's very pulpy. It's very gory. I think that's why probably people appreciate it the most. It doesn't build itself to be more than it is. It's Mm. just a lot of fun, and it's a lot of Nicolas Cage and... You know what? I'm on board with it. I am going to be looking for this movie when it makes its way. Oh, hell yeah. On wherever it makes its way to, theaters, DVD. I know uh, XYZ Films has the distribution rights, so it should hopefully be out at some point sometime later in the year. I'm on board. There's no set release date yet. It's going to be an Academy Award 
nominated well, film. No, I'm just kidding. All right, Jolene, I turn it over to you. All right, I've got a lot of opinions, as I always do. Um, really fucking excited uh, with a lot of – I read a lot on it. Um, and one one dude who was talking about it was just so amped, uh, Dan Casey from Nerdist.com. And everything he wrote, I just wanted to, like, copy and paste onto my paper so I could just just steal it. But not going to do that. I am going to quote him, though, on one thing. Uh, <laughs> okay. This movie has everything. An axe-wielding Nick Cage, demonic LSD bikers serving Cenobite realness, a psychosexual religious murder cult, heavy metal-esque animated sequences, and so much more. To use a filmmaking term, Mandy is bazoinkers. <laughs> I was like, oh, this guy. This guy knows what he's talking about, doesn't he? This guy is bazoinkers. Yeah, no, I'm like... <laughs> That's gonna be on the DVD. <laughs> I, I fucking hope so. I'm, I'm so... I'm so intrigued. Um, another thing, I don't think this is a spoiler, really, um, but, uh... They used a quote from a guy who, um, so he was executed, I think. Yeah, he was executed in Texas for killing a man when he was on drugs. Um, but that guy, when they were about to execute him, his last words were, when I die, bury me deep, lay two speakers at my feet, put some headphones in my head, and rock and roll me when I'm dead. And apparently they used that quote in the movie, which I thought no was kidding. fun. Yeah, I don't know who delivers it. I hope it's Nick Cage. <laughs> I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure. Yes. <laughs> That's that's gonna be oh I I need this movie as I know, soon I'm, as humanly possible. You, yes, <laughs> Matt. This is the movie Matt's been waiting for his entire life. <laughs> because that's the thing. To and we'll I'll use this as a. Do you have anything else to add about it? Oh I no, should, no. Okay. Well, right. I was gonna use this as a springboard into our next topic. Oh. Because Nicholas, you would think that like it doesn't get any better than this, but there is a movie out, a horror Aha. comedy out with Nicholas Cage that you can watch right now. On, if you have Amazon, you can rent it. If you have iTunes, you can rent it, and it will be out. I think it's in Redbox, too. I almost got it on Redbox. Oh, yeah? yeah. I, I was going to say, I think it's out on Blu-ray fairly soon. I'm going to check my Amazon quick because I actually have it saved in my cart because I'm going to buy it. Uh, it comes out February 20th on Blu-ray and DVD, and I'm talking about the film that is making circles in the cult horror community known as Mom and Dad. The premise of Mom and Dad is for, um, for lack of a better phrase, it's a zombie apocalypse, only the zombies are replaced by parents and the survivors are their children. Well, you said Nicolas Cage is in this Nicolas too? Cage yeah. and Selma Blair. It's, oh, my oh God, God. It's um, so good. The, the, so the premise is for some unspecified reason. There are hints, but there's no, like, set in stone reason. Uh... Parents go ballistic and just want to kill their children, and that's really it. It's just more like a loose concept that springboards in a really goofy, absurd horror comedy with some satire on midlife crises and what it means to be a family, essentially. Mm -hmm. Um so I saw it the second I heard about it, I rented it and watched it. I told Lynn about it, and not soon after, she messaged me saying that she watched it. Graham is the odd man out, so you'll have to excuse us for a moment while we talk about Mom and Dad. Jolene, what are your thoughts? Oh, well, I wrote four pages. I'm not going to read all the four pages, oh I promise. God, that's amazing. But I got really excited about this movie. It, like, ah, okay, so I love how it was edited. The editing is, is really cool. Um... It kind of starts out where, like, the credits are kind of like a 70s exploitation film kind of vibe. Mm -hmm. um, but there was one specific thing in terms of editing that I really liked. And because in the beginning, you kind of hate the kids. Like, 
and you know if you've seen the trailer you you already know going into it that you know their parents are going to start trying to murder them Mm -hmm. and i think that was the point was that they they were kind of trying to make you not like the kids so much but um there's one scene with uh the mom selma blair and um the daughter where the daughter is like sitting on her phone while her mom's trying to kind of bond with her and uh instead of showing like the phone screen um just like in the girl's hand you see a reflection that's like over the mom's face so it's like you can still kind of see through the reflection that's given but so it's like the the phone screen is kind of blocking her mother even in the shot and Mm -hmm. i thought that was really that was really cool Uh, that was a good idea and it i don't know it came across really well um, also, the sound design I was a really big fan of. Not, nobody the cares soundtrack about that is really yeah. good. Yeah, and like I the, forget what that guy's name is, but he's um, like an Australian, uh, like. Well, the music was done by Mr. Bill. That's what it okay. is, Mr. Bill. He's like an Australian, like uh, glitch hop artist. It's really cool. Well, and it's like I like their use of it because mm-hmm. it it made like a lot of scenes that wouldn't be as scary seems scary like the scene where nicholas cage goes to like tickle his son jokingly mm-hmm. and it, it's like really ominous and terrifying yeah. so you think that's when he's gonna start murdering his kid and then he's just you know tickling him it's mm-hmm. it's adorable um but yeah and other than that i just i i really i liked how they i liked how they did this because it was um it kind of kept you on your toes even though you know the premise going into it like the main premise and even though it doesn't necessarily answer a lot of questions as to why it's happening mm-hmm. um it's still just sort of it moves well and you're not sitting there asking the questions because you're distracted by how awesome this movie is i right. think that's yeah and i feel like they purposely gave nick cage a small amount of dialogue and just let him go nuts as much as possible <laughs> that's a, it seems to yeah well that's the thing is uh this director and writer of the film brian taylor has worked with nicholas cage before on the second ghost rider movie oh yeah so <laughs> masterpiece of so american I cinema think, honest to god i honestly think i don't know the full story i can't find a whole lot about the production of this maybe there'll be more on like dvd bonus features because i don't want to know as much about this movie as possible mm-hmm. i feel like he must have came up with the idea or when he did wrote it with him in mind because it really is just like a vehicle for someone blair and nicholas cage to just go fucking nuts and this isn't a spoiler but like one of like those great moments because it's it's not a spoiler because it's in the trailer one of those great moments is when nick cage destroys a pool table with a sledgehammer while singing the hokey pokey oh i know and it's just it's like just so it's if there exploitation films. <laughs> I'm starting a movement. That we honestly... need more mo- like Bad Lieutenant, Mom and Dad, Face Off. Just we need probably more Mandy. movies. Yeah, probably Mandy. We just we need more movies where it's just like here's an idea. Let Nick Cage like tear shit up for the 90 minutes mm-hmm. or whatever. Because that's the thing I like about this movie too is it moves very fast. It's a little slow to start off, but once it gets started, it fucking goes. Yeah. And the 80 minutes, it's not a it's long a, movie. No, it's it, a fast It feels minutes. like a jaunt. Yeah. Um, it's just oh god, I thought it was just really funny too. Mm-hmm. On top of being like a sort of creepy idea, because honestly, like it's kids versus their parents. Yeah. Like it's kind of ingenious. Um, my only problem with it is, and it wasn't a problem for me, but it does, I can see it alienating people because there is no real explanation given as to why it's happening. And I know that's, that turns a lot of people off as, but like, that's never really bothered me Mm -hmm. because I, to me, it's always scarier to like 
think about the mystery behind it. Like, I didn't mind that there wasn't a real explanation given it, but I could see it turning a lot of people off. Um, but yeah, if it's just it's literally anything I could want in a movie. It's <laughs> yeah. horror comedy. It's uh, Nick Cage being Nick Cage. It's a lot of fun. Highly re- recommend it. Uh, do you have anything else to add about it, Jolin? Um, well, I was gonna say I on a deeper level because I do agree it's really funny. It's really over the top. But I feel like it, like a very solid filmmaker created this mm-hmm. because it's. I mean. At the beginning, like I said, I kind of hated the kids, um, but then as the story develops, you kind of, like, you start to really feel for them, because they're having, like, you know, they're mm-hmm. remembering how It's a good, good role things. reversal. Yeah. Um, and it's, like, you really feel for the parents to begin with, like, mm-hmm. before they start getting all murdery, um, because, like, this is kind of a spoiler, but not really. Um, the The mom, at one point, she's, like... You know, she's starting to realize that her kids don't need her as much anymore. So she's like trying to get back into her career, and then the guy pretty much laughs at her, and mm-hmm. and so you're you're just kind of like, oh, dude, that fucking sucks. And like Nick Cage, the whole time you're kind of getting like the midlife crisis thing really comes into play, and mm-hmm. it's just and you really feel bad for them. And so when they do start killing your, their kids, you're just kind of like, yeah, fucking kill those kids. <laughs> it is really, it's it is really, uh, it's not really subtle, but it is definitely satire on life as middle-aged parents because mm-hmm. i honestly i explained the concept to my dad and he was like yeah i could see it yeah, <laughs> like yeah, just yeah. sort of one of those things yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah i definitely saw this movie <laughs> you um, could you could too i, I could You're see like it. the sound of it because it's really fucking fun it is a lot of fun uh, yeah and you brought up the editing it's yeah it's, it was so it, cool it's really good and like <laughs> yeah this this movie had so much to offer for me i was yeah i was really impressed and I'm sorry, I forgot to mention this. It's not super gory. Like, no, you think, it's really like, not. Parents murdering their kids, you're going to see a lot of blood and guts. But like, even the like the first kill, you don't even really see. No. Like, you see the blood from it, like for a second, and that's pretty much it. I'm not going to reveal what that is because it's kind of a great scene. So it is. It is. A see great the movie scene. if you haven't, because um, it's really fun. And there's some great imagery in it too, like yeah. when the kids are being dismissed from school early, and like it's just all the parents like yeah. standing against the fence. And all there's a great. Uh, this isn't really a spoiler, but there's a great scene in the the nursery of a hospital oh, with know, all so newborn gross. babies. And that felt so there's weird. all these like just angry fathers standing at the window, staring yeah, in at these newborn so babies. There's actually some really good imagery in this movie. Um, Settling, but it also it does beg the question like. Again, this is getting nitpicky because it is a loose concept and it's more just a vehicle to be a crazy horror movie. What can you expect by the guy who directed Crank 2 and Ghost Rider 2? Yeah, and, well, yeah. But, but like, it, my question is, it's like, what's the ratio of parents to non-parents in this city? Because yeah. all the while there's, like, cops that are trying to help. There's teachers. There's mm-hmm. doctors that are trying to help. It's like... Yeah. It's just... It, it, there's, like, times where, like, it made me wonder, like... Are they just not prone to it yet? Mm-hmm. Are they just really not parents? Again, a question that is kind of lost in this very loose concept. So, Well, and I don't remember when they talk about it, but they briefly... I don't know if it's like at school or if it's on the news or something, but um, at one point they bring up savaging, which is when an animal does that. When mm. they just, whatever for whatever reason, decide they want to like kill and eat their kids. Yeah. Um, so maybe it's more play on that and like, right, you know, yeah. what would happen if humans develop that? But it, like, you know, in the film it is more of like... It is affecting almost every single parent. I think it is 
pretty much yeah, every parent. Yeah, it is. So, um, I don't know if that's a spoiler. Sorry, guys. I mean, well, it does, uh, mild spoilers, it does lead to a very great climax. Oh, one, my God. One, one of my favorite oh, climaxes so good, in a horror movie. movie. Uh, so, yeah. It's going to be out on uh, physically February 20th. It's already out for you to rent on iTunes and Amazon. Mom and Dad, Brian Taylor, Nick Cage, Selma Blair. And also, um, well, never mind because that's a spoiler, so I'll, I'll <laughs> leave that out. Uh, yeah, check out Mom and Dad. Big re- recommendation from uh, Jolyn and Matt. I was It was supremely geeked. Yeah. I loved every twisted minute of it. I really loved it, too. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> 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 Sorry. Um, uh. So we're talking talking about uh, brand new released horror movies because New Year. Uh, sure, we'll go with that as a theme. Way, way to go, Matt. Coming <laughs> up with things on the fly. Um, if you're listening this today... Because we're recording this yesterday. Figure that one out. Uh, there's a new Hellraiser out uh-huh. that we do not have access to just yet, but we have all seen the trailer to it. Guess what, guys? I'm going to talk way too much. Get ready. It's called Hellraiser Judgment. We've all seen the trailer. Ah. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just going to let Jolyn go. I'm and so we'll, sorry. We'll, we'll figure it out from there. Why do you guys let me on this show? I'm just going to fucking hog the mic for a little bit. Uh, I'm doing it anyway. Anywho. Uh, so, maybe I should start with things that I like about it, because if I start with the things I hate, um, maybe I'm gonna forget <laughs> the, the good things. Um, alright, so, the the director, even though I think he might be a fucking idiot, but we'll see, maybe not. Um, so he's the writer and director, he started in special effects, and some of those special effects were done on the Hellraiser films, on some of them. So that's kinda neat, that's cool things, that's fun. Um, let's see. What's something else that I like? Because that's, uh... Oh, uh, if you guys have seen Feast, these guys have not. It's a really over-the-top fucking B-movie. Um, I want to say 2000-something it was released. It was 2006. 2006? 2005. When okay. I, I don't know, something like that. I looked it up. All right. <laughs> um, but it's... Okay, that movie's fucking phenomenal. And the director, for whatever reason, plays a character, the assessor in this film, uh, one of the new Cenobites, and it was written specifically for him. So that's kind of fun. So maybe this guy isn't going to fuck up. I guess we'll see. But, um, all right. Oh, and I was going to say that as a standalone film, if you see the trailer, I think it looks fun. It looks really gory. It's torture porny. And I think the director himself used something like that um, it, to describe it. So, you know, he's at least self-aware and it might be really good. I, I know a lot of people like the Hellraiser films because of how gory they are. So if that's the reason you like Hellraiser films, then awesome. You're going to love this movie. Now let's move on to the many reasons Jolyn is not excited. Okay, so I've mentioned before I'm a really big Clive Barker fan. Um, Clive Barker did not do anything with this movie. Maybe he's producing it. I don't know. Probably not. Uh, but... I'll look it up. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, I guess, uh, what can I start with? Um, oh, another thing that's being released this year he is... Has nothing to do with it. <laughs> ah, yeah. Not fucking surprised. Anyway, sorry. Super mad. Um, another thing happening this year is this guy named Mark Allen Miller is d- releasing a horror novella called Hellraiser the Toll. Um, it serves as a sequel to the Hellbound Heart, which is, you know, if you don't know that, that's the short story that Hellraiser is based on. Um, and it's a prequel to the Scarlet Gospels, which came out really recently. That's written by Clive Barker as well. And it's set 30 years after Hellbound Heart. So it's right smack dab in the middle. And it's based off of uh, a short story that Clive Barker um, wrote. Um, so here's how this 
is relevant and this is the part that fucking infuriates me um so that short story that clive barker wrote that this new book is based off of um it got in integrated into a screenplay for a hellraiser reboot that never moved forward so they they huh they turned down a hellraiser film that was based off of one of clive barker's screens clive barker's short stories i'm so mad i can't even talk um and they they turned that down to make this bullshit torture porn film and it's probably gonna make a ton of money and i'm fucking pissed anyway so what else can i talk about uh shit (laughs) um fuck oh okay so something i learned uh doug bradley and clive barker went to school together and they were they've been friends since school i don't know if it was grade school or high school or what um but uh Doug Bradley is the original Pinhead. Of course, he's not in this new movie. Surprise, surprise. Um, But apparently Doug Bradley was asked in an interview what advice he could give to the guy who's going to be playing the new Pinhead, uh, Paul T. Taylor. And he sarcastically answered, according to Gary, Gary is the writer and director of this new film, uh, Mr. Taylor has the screen presence of Peter Cushing and Ray Fiennes, so he won't need any help from me, Willie. And I'm just like, oh, Doug Bradley, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Um, okay, what else? What else? Do I, I have so much written down, you guys. It's fucking ridiculous. Um, I'm looking at what this guy has directed, excluding. Is it garbage? He, yeah. Like, uh, Jack and the Beanstalk. Yeah, like a low-budget <laughs> direct-to-DVD Jack and the Beanstalk starring Gilbert Gottfried, Chevy Chase, Chloe Grace Moretz, Christopher Lloyd. Wallace Shawn and a low-budget Hansel and Gretel starring so literally Dakota, nothing. Dakota Fanning. What? <laughs> what? Okay, I, I guess I don't know. That's just uh, found it interesting. Oh, please, also, oh, I'm please sorry. continue. Oh yeah, I'm not. I'm not done yet. I'm almost done. I promise. Um, okay, so watch the trailer because the fucking is it Pinhead that delivers? I, I, I want to say it's like right in the beginning. He's like there's hell to pay mm-hmm. and then i immediately checked out i was like oh this is gonna be one of those movies right but then also i'm like you know the the geek in me is a little like maybe the gore is gonna be really good you know maybe like i said if it's if i it think was, you're gonna love this movie <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what i'm getting i, I would it. say like as a standalone film it might be great so i of course need to fucking see it because i i just have to but also as a clive barker fan i want this thing to die <laughs> but anyway what do you guys think let's stop let's i'm gonna stop I'm it gonna... looks like a shitty sci-fi like then i mean sci-fi the channel movie <laughs> yeah. That yeah they play it like totally they play it like 1 a.m during their 31 it days of halloween very like, much look like a made for tv movie it, yeah it looks abysmal i avoid all of those kind of movies i that's not to sound like pretentious it's just none of them usually end up being very good and i have when I have given them the chance... You're saying that Sharknado 5 isn't worth your time. Yeah. <laughs> Oof, that joke ran out after uh, Sharknado 2. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, essentially, maybe yeah, the first one say, even. Maybe it ran out before it even was made. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a little um, schlocky, but I kind of like it, admittedly. But, uh, yeah, I just... Yeah, it's this direct-to-video. It makes sense just looking at it. Well, no name the people way in the, it. Uh, that's the way the franchise has been for the last couple of movies has been I don't blame them because how, how many which how many of these are oh, there? Oh, God. Is this like, like 14? No. no. Okay. It's getting in the Friday the 13th range at yeah, this point. Say, no, it's, it's, no it's not. It's well, not quite that. It's on its way. If they it is the... 
It is the. It is the. What the fuck? Come on, work. You're with bad me at here. interneting. I can't find it. Uh, uh, come back to me. Keep, <laughs> keep talking. Yeah. So, and also, my frame of reference on uh, the first Hellraiser, I have not seen that movie in so long. Like, I oh, could so not good. reference it. I remember enjoying it for the most part, but, um, yeah, this one I will. I probably should check it out so I can actually, you know, make a final judgment on it. But uh, okay, for everything I've. I'm so sorry. No, you go for it. You go for it. I forgot uh, another thing really made me mad. Um, So the guy who's playing the new Pinhead, I like him a lot more than I like the director already, but apparently he was looking at uh, the comics. He was studying the comics to get a feel for his Pinhead character, and Clive Barker headed you know, those comics being released. Like, he was behind that the whole mm-hmm. way through. So I was like, cool, you know, then maybe it'll be good. Turns out the director specifically told him, don't do that, we're going in a whole new direction. Oh, like, no. this is not your fucking idea. This is an idea adapted from somebody else. You need to, ah, ah, I'm so sorry. That was I've loud. never seen anyone this angry about I'm something. so upset. But uh, I don't know, you've seen, you've seen me angry. That's true. I have seen you pretty angry. I feel like there's so always a, a moment like this every time that we do this, and I'm just like <laughs> super passionate about something. I it's get good. Too we excited. need the passion. We need the passion. You know. Too excited. Anyway, let's. I'm. I'm done now. Let's talk I'm about a... Cloverfield for Ha-ha. a second. Can we do that? Because I am completely lost in the hype on this franchise. Now, granted. There are ten Hellraiser films, so I guess I was a little. I was going to say I was, I was a little pre- pre- uh, preemptive in saying there aren't as many as Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah, Friday the Thirteenth has eleven. Kind of <laughs> Friday, uh, the reboot oh, God. and Freddy vs. Jason, with the exception of Ten Cloverfield Lane. I am so not invested in this Cloverfield franchise. Yeah, that's that's the 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 gist I've heard from a lot of people. So they really like Ten Cloverfield with, Lane. And the thing that's really confusing me right now is because when 10 Cloverfield Lane came out, first of all, it was a big surprise. Nobody anticipated it at all. Mm-hmm. The third one had been rumored. We didn't really know what was going to come out, but we knew that it probably was going to happen just based on 10 Cloverfield's success. But when 10 Cloverfield came out, I remember specifically J.J. Abrams and the whole creative team that was behind it specifically saying that, yes, in a way it exists in the Cloverfield universe that was established in the first movie, mm-hmm. but at the same time, like it also isn't. Yeah. But now, and I, I thought that was going to be the direction they would take for, you know, the, can, the continuation of however many movies they make. But now the third one's going back to the actual monster that, say, take, was, that, you know, from I, the first from movie. From my and, understanding, it was more of a one-to-one uh, relation with the first one. Yeah. And now I'm just like, and I just don't really get, give a shit about the first Cloverfield like at all like I, yeah, I appreciated either. the mm-hmm. concept of it I thought the execution was pretty sloppy um, I especially think the second half of it is just a really rushed yeah. not thought out uh, conclusion so for and- those of you that don't know the Cloverfield Paradox was released on Netflix immediately after the Super Bowl yeah and genius marketing <laughs> these last two movies if you can give them any type of credit you have to give them credit for the the marketing they put together because, well, like I said, Ten Cloverfield Lane it came out. It was like out of the blue. Mm-hmm. The clo- this, this was one, so out of the blue that it was literally a teaser during the Super Bowl, and they're yeah. like, "By the way, it's going to be up by the time the game is over." Yeah, it's um. So you have to give them credit in that respect. But I, in terms of the actual storylines themselves, I'm just I'm just not invested. I, I think the first Cloverfield really wasn't 
as engaging as I would have liked it to be. And, and now that it looks like we're going to continue to some degree following that storyline in future installments, I'm just like, cause I was on board with 10 Cloverfield lane. Like I really, I, I appreciated what the direction they were going, but now it seems like they're almost backtracking a little bit. And, uh, I, I saw the first couple minutes of this one. Gotta say I'm kind of on the board of it. Didn't really pique my interest whatsoever. I know that there, I, I know a few people that have been really into it, but it looked to me just like another alien sci-fi kind of mm-hmm. film. And I've seen a lot of that, and especially recently Alien Covenant, which, yeah. you know, love it or hate it, it definitely took a lot of similar beats from the initial Alien and mm. previous installments there. So I don't know. Um, I'm not as invested in this and uh, did not like what I saw so far. I will try to finish it at some point. I will try. That's a strong word in this case. But, um, yeah, that's my thoughts. Cloverfield... Uh, not my franchise. Jolyn. Um. Okay. So I was not a big fan of the. I I hated the first Cloverfield. If I'm being honest. Um. Because well. I haven't I'm, seen any of them. Oh. By the way. Okay. So. Well, I didn't. I didn't see the. I didn't see Ten Cloverfield Lane because of how much I I hated the the first one. But I've heard that that one's significantly better and it's a different route, um, which I like. Um. But I'm also just not a fan of modern found footage. Really. Um. I think found footage as a genre in, in general should just die. Well, it's like... With I, the exception of Blair Witch, yeah, it's like the well, only good time. Yeah, there's like there's only so much you can do with that. And there's this, uh, this movie called Home Movies. That one was really good. That one's found footage, but that's a little bit older, too. I just think with the modern stuff, it's a little tired. Um, so the first Cloverfield, I was really not into. Um, I've heard really good things about Ten Cloverfield Lane, so I was like, you know, maybe this will be good. Also, like... What kind of interests me is the fact that they're they've been doing they're doing three separate things. You know, they did a found footage movie, then they did I heard that Ten Cloverfield Lane had almost like you thought it was like a serial killer kind of vibe. I yeah, that was kind of like the yeah. the the sort of emphasis they were going towards. And now this one is almost like Alien or Aliens. You know, it's it's mm-hmm. more along those lines. So maybe it'll be cool. Maybe they're doing it on purpose, like different versions of kind of the same thing um just for fun but also i'm like you could probably not do this and it'd be totally fine um but also okay so this joke isn't mine and it's not my friend james either he he quoted somebody else or he said this to me but with the the way that cloverfield was released like the first one i think went to theaters the second one i think was straight to video and then this one was you know the same day so you get it in theaters okay it was in theaters okay but with this one how it was like you know, advertised and then immediately put on Netflix for the next one. J.J. Abrams is just, is just going to show up at your house and chuck the DVD at you. Oh yeah, I saw. <laughs> yeah, somebody, yeah, he quoted somebody and I don't know who it was, but I was just like, yeah, I could, I could fucking see that. Uh, but you know, it, it might be good. I think uh, is in the trailer. Was that the guy from the IT Crowd? Is that the TV show I'm thinking of? I have no clue. I have no idea. Oh, fuck. I know okay. it has um, Daniel Bruhl. Is that how you say his name? Something I don't know if like that's that. I'm thinking of. I don't yeah. even know his name. Yeah, he's been well, in quite a bit of stuff. Though. He was in Captain America: Civil War, stuff like that. So oh. he he's he's a pretty well known face. Uh, but yeah, okay. yeah. I mean, because I from how the trailer looked, it looks like the cast is going to be really good. So I maybe that'll make a, for a good movie. That can often make or break something, you know. All right. Well, I guess that leads me to my question, uh, not necessarily about Cloverfield, but and we brought it up with uh, uh, Hellraiser and direct-to-video. It's been kicking about. What do you think of this style of 
marketing and this style of a release? Do you think it's uh, how do you, just like in general? What are your thoughts? I actually really like it because I, I, I like the um, you know trailers. They're fun, and don't get me wrong. Like I really like you know certain films when they have months and months of promotion. It does get a little exhausting towards the end, but you know, especially with something like Star Wars, and you're constantly seeing a TV spot for it pop up or whatever. But um, I'm a big fan of like having legitimately no expectations or very very minimal. And when you release something like that the night of, it, you just have to kind of watch it then, and you don't have really any. I mean, you you have a little bit of expectation from the the brief trailer that they gave us during the Super Bowl, but for the most part, you're just walking into it blind. And uh, I think that's the way that movies should be viewed. Um, I know that once again, that's kind of counter to the modern day marketing around movies, where it's just no matter what, it's just flooded constantly on your YouTube and, and stuff like that. But um, I'm a big fan of it. I, I'm curious to see where they can go and and, and keep finding unique ways of, of pulling off stuff like this. Mm-hmm. I uh, I mean, because I I'm a sucker for going to movie theaters. I I love seeing a film in a movie theater um but also i you know because pretty much every movie that's released now uh, almost as soon as it gets out of theaters it's released on dvd like it's really quick now Mm -hmm. it never used to be that way Mm -hmm. but i think it's just because people are so accustomed to pirating or you know using netflix instead so they don't really take the time to go see movies they don't really take the time to buy the movie um, so I think that might be why they're doing it that way is so it's like easily accessible and people still want to spend a little bit of money on it because they'll get some money from Netflix, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the marketing wise, that might be very smart. Now, why do you think because Cloverfield, love it or hate it, that first movie was a big fucking hit. Ugh, I know. And oh, it was, it was, big, it was yeah. the same thing with 10 Cloverfield Lane, especially since it was a critical, mm-hmm. uh, critical hit, too. Why do you think that they chose this route all of a sudden for the new movie? You're talking about just specifically Netflix? Uh, yeah, like why? Because like they're obviously – J.J. Abrams is producing it. Mm-hmm. I mean obviously he's worth money. Yeah. It's, uh, and it's not like it's Adam Sandler where he's like doing nothing so he can just keep banging out these Netflix movies. It's uh, My question is why do you think they chose this route for this this franchise that they obviously want to see go somewhere and they want to do something with. Just the way that movies are headed. It's Netflix and streaming services. I mean, every day you're hearing a new report about how the movie industry and distribution is changing, and I think that this is just like another example of uh, the next few years and how, I mean, not only are the way that we go... Like, I, I heard something today that there's like this... Um, I, I briefly looked at the article, but there's something like this, like movie unlimited movie pass that you can get now, uh, where you just get all these new releases. It's on like a it's on like a credit card. I don't even know. I'm not even try to reference it because, like I said, I didn't look at the article that extensively. But um, you just made it up, right? Yeah, no, I definitely did. Um, <laughs> but and then you have also these different. I mean, there's like movie pass or whatever, or something like that, where it's mm-hmm. like you get new releases at your house for paying a monthly subscription. So it's just. You know, that's just the direction we're headed down, and I feel like we're going to see just more and more of this every single year Mm -hmm. um, until the point where movie theaters, unfortunately, I I think they're going to go away. I know that some people have disagreed with me in the past on that before, but I just feel like the more and more that these streaming services start to expand their platform, 
the more inconvenient it's going to be for theaters to be, you know, try to stay in business. Um, I, and I'm going to miss it. I, that's not to say that I want that to happen. Mm-hmm. I love going to movie theater more than anything. It's the mm-hmm. best way to watch a movie. Um, but unfortunately, just ba- if you look at the simple economics of it right now, I mean, movie theaters have never been in a worse spot, and they, it only continues. Well, I mean, yeah. the thing is, I think uh, I'm going to actually bring up because we're – this is actually kind of relating the nonsense that we were talking about before that had nothing to do with horror movies because um, I was I went to Chicago and in the middle of the storm. Anyway, um, but I was in Chicago to catch uh, the restoration of Suspiria. Mm-hmm. I was shown at the music box as like a midnight oh, showing. I'm yeah. Jealous. Oh, it was so beautiful. I'm and like, jealous. well, apparently the Avalon here showed it too, yeah, but I it was know, a while ago. I missed that too. But life's fucking sucks. It was gorgeous. Um, and they they remastered the soundtrack too. Yeah, the I get it. I'm, right. sorry. It I'm sorry. I'm cool. sorry. Anyway, okay. Uh, I was gonna say that. Um, I think movie theaters have an outlet there where it's like taking older movies and reshowing them because the Avalon does that. Uh, every October they'll do mm-hmm. like old horror movies and I love that I love seeing like old horror movies in theater and like I'm sure a lot of a lot of film buffs would see older movies in theaters oh, and yeah. I mean yeah the problem is that like would that be let, let's suppose that these the platforms expand and then like no new releases or whatever this is a hypothetical but like mm-hmm. no new releases go to the theaters is it really like could you as a movie theater just show older movies and still be able to like maintain a business that's the, that's well, the only thing it's like you'd have to charge like the when you show something the prices would have to be like through the roof i mean i don't know if necessarily because this is kind of the age of nostalgia and i mean it's true because the, the avalon again it shows a lot of like not even necessarily old classic movies they'll just mm-hmm. like show old movies so maybe that's why they do that is yeah. because it, it's attracting more of an audience they could they could do, make it a consistent because i think thing. i think yeah. people do really like the the process of going and seeing a movie and i think yeah. that's why a lot of movie theaters have started selling food and stuff like that too and like booze because mm-hmm. you know it's it's more of like it's like a date night it's a it's a good yeah. time um but then again you know drive-ins they they were extinguished essentially i think if there's like one in chicago or something like that there's still a couple in wisconsin yeah, yeah there's oh, okay. a couple that, that still remain but yeah it's well, but yeah so next I, to none but maybe it'll just be like a few really pretty theaters that stick around and who knows maybe yeah. like marcus and well stuff i like know that. the gonna... one that i forget which one qt owns in los angeles but he said as long as he's alive that one's going to be there and showing films shot uh, projected on film too yeah that's cool i forget what theater that I is well, he's got the money to keep that running, yeah. no matter well, yeah, if anybody goes or not. And he's also a slut for cinema, so yeah. maybe that's just like what his like the rest of his money is going to go to when he dies. Is he's just going to like put it into it. that and just be like, okay, keep this place open? You guys. This wasn't really a topic I had in mind, but since I brought him up, did you see that Sony is having uh, uh, hesitations about pr- uh, producing the new Manson movie now? Yep. Oh, I, really? Uh, <laughs> is yeah. that? Oh no. Do you want? Did you read into that? Because I I have read bits and pieces. Oh. I I. What was the whole thing? Why is he under the gun now? Like I honestly. Haven't oh, been is it that. is it because of Tarantino? Is it yeah, of it's yeah. Tarantino oh. and Uma Thurman. But I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's something about that. making her do like a stunt or something. Yeah. Okay, I read this. Oh. Um, it was that she was. During the Kill Bill car scene, he made her drive, like, really fast, even though she wasn't really paying attention to the road that well because she was on camera. Mm-hmm. Um, he made her drive really fast just so he could get the shot of her hair blowing in the Oh, wind. yeah. You know, instead of just, like, filming it like a normal fucking person would in, right. in a, like, with a projected scene or whatever behind her. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently that was the issue. Also, uh... Did she crash? 
I don't, I don't remember. Happened. There was definitely an accident that okay. and, like messed her up. Like like there was something in her back. Oh yeah, or something then she like must have crashed. Yeah, it, well, fuck. It's it's one of those things though. Like I could have told you from you know years ago that Tarantino probably had antics like this going mm-hmm. on. on yeah. set. I mean, you just watch well, any I mean, behind the scenes. It's like, oh my god. You remember Death Proof? He had Zoe Bell on the hood of a car. You yeah, know? yeah. I mean, he's well, Zoe Bell is all that. Awesome. Zoe Bell is also she, yeah, her profession. Yeah. Is, yeah, and it was fucking dope. Oh yeah. my god, I was so into that. Too bad the movie's garbage. No. Hey, hey, um, we're not going to talk about this. We agree <laughs> to disagree. Yes, ma'am. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I. That's a whole mess that hopefully gets situated in the best way possible. Hopefully something occurs, whether or not Sony distributes it or not. Well, I was going to say, even if it's not Sony, I'm sure someone someone's going to want to pick up a Quentin Tarantino. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, and it's like, as much as I'm against what happened with Uma Thurman, and I, it sounds to me like he's been really supportive during the, wine, the Weinstein bullshit, mm-hmm. like he, or at least he's been trying to be, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's really important, and I think maybe, like... I, I don't know. It, it it is shitty what he did with with Uma Thurman, but I think like, I mean, also what Kubrick did in The Shining with uh, Shelley Duvall. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was much worse, and oh, I still yeah. love Kubrick, and true. I th- that whole thing pissed me off to no end. But That's um, true. but yeah, so it's I don't know. I I don't think he'll be extinguished. I think maybe just another production company will pick it up. Oh, I'm sure. I was just I mentioned Quentin Tarantino, and then I realized that I, that I read something about it today and i thought it'd be relevant because we've been tracking that movie and uh which also uh we've been talking about far too much so i'm not gonna say too much about it but uh, a lot of pre-production shots have been released for the new halloween movie uh so you've got a lot of stuff jamie lee has been sharing a lot of stuff uh there's a photo going around where like if you zoom it in to the utmost degree you can see that uh nick castle is in full michael myers costume so it's and he posted a picture like to his Twitter of like his silhouette. And so Ugh. it's uh it's pretty exciting. But again we've I still just it, can't get over fucking Danny McBride is doing this. Yeah, and I just yeah. and we've been covering it. I I'm gonna turn off the Halloween news until it's like Soon to be released. Like first trailer. First trailer. First trailer. Okay. Yeah, first trailer reasonable. good call. Because good. we we've been talking about it so much. I just I wanted you. to bring it up. Um, new horror movie release that we actually just mentioned on the last podcast oh. Jolin was excited for and called not, Winchester. Not anymore, kids. Not anymore. <laughs> so we're going to have Jolin talk about her thoughts on Winchester. All right. Well, I guess because uh, like when we – I don't know if I brought this up when we talked about the Manson movie a while ago, but I at least meant to. The fact that the reason I think that no good Manson movie has come out yet is because everybody keeps trying to – like give it a fictional angle even though they have such good source material and that is exactly what happened with winchester like you could take the premise of you know the the woman who runs a gun company kind of going crazy because like the guns that her company makes are killing people and then she thinks she's being haunted so she makes this elaborate house like mansion type fortress and um you know that alone you've got a you've got a solid movie you can make a solid movie with that but they just threw in so many things that were unnecessary and it's just like and that that alone could have ruined it for me and then it just it got so much worse um well like there were a lot of jump scares which if that was the only the only sort of negative thing because i think jump scares are a little bit cheap um they're a lot of it cheap. yeah they're a lot of it cheap um but if, if it was just like if alone they only had excessive jump scares i'd be like this was still a good film but <laughs> 
even more. Um, there's so much CGI in this movie, and I didn't notice it, um, but the person I saw it with mentioned that I think even the house itself was CGI, mm-hmm. um, which I, I was like, come on. You, you could have had a chance to make a really fun set. But So that was kind of shitty, too. Um, and there was this really bad CGI. Like, the climax was just CGI'd so badly. It looked like a fucking video game. And and the climax wasn't even much of a climax. Like, it, it was just... It was slow-moving, and it, it wasn't tense. Like... You kind of knew they were going to get out of it, um, and I don't know. It was just, it's just stupid. <laughs> well, and it's like there were so many things that were wrong. Where like if one of those, if like just two or three of those things weren't wrong with the movie, I think it still could have been good. But it's just like they just went bonkers for no reason. Like they could have just made it simple about ghosts, and it would have been fun. Like because the trailer looked damn good, and honestly, like. I'm pretty sure everything that was in the trailer was just all the good parts of Winchester and, like, everything else they just left out. Yeah, um, the way it goes sometimes. The acting was kind of good, though. It was, the acting was pretty good. It's Helen Mirren. Mirren. Yeah, yes. yeah. Okay. Um, so, of course, she, she did amazingly. But even, yeah, even the script wasn't great. Like, ugh, it just... Although the, the kid, there's, like, a kid who, who gets possessed at one point, which I love. I love me a possessed kid. Uh, he's adorable and he's terrifying. He's a pretty good actor, so that's something. I... You know, if if you like the premise and and you're comfortable with excessive CGI, maybe see the movie. I was disappointed, um, but you know, it's always good to form one's own opinion. I I just I thought it was garbage. <laughs> I thought it was garbage. It's anyway. fucking garbage. You guys didn't yes. see it, so that's that's that'll be that. It's probably, garbage. I probably will not see it since did, I've not heard one thing about it, and that's that it's not good. Yeah. So. Yeah, pretty much everyone that I, yeah that I know that has seen it too went into it really excited because the premise is so easy, you idiots, so easy to make a good creepy movie out of, and then instead they threw in a bunch of CGI and dumb jump scares and ghosts that were excessively gory looking for no fucking reason. It reminds me of what they did with the remake of The Haunting and the late '90s remake of The Haunting with. Liam Neeson. Oh, that movie's so terrible. Liam Neeson and Catherine Zeta-Jones. I've only seen bits and pieces. It's fucking awful. It's so laughably bad. But it's also, it's more insulting because it's a remake of a really, really good 1963 film. I hate when they do that. Which is, honest to God, one of my favorite horror movies and worth checking out. It's called, the original called The Haunting. But yeah, they, that was during the peak of, uh of uh cgi fever when the haunting remake came out God, so it's it like so much well it, it's like uh, <coughs> reason, excuse me the reason i'm just fuming about winchester too is that the the, the cgi wasn't even good i'm like right, you probably yeah. had enough money if you could get helen mirren you could pro- you probably had enough money to get good cgi but that's mm. not even wasn't even the case well that's the problem with cgi nowadays is because it's become such a tool that's readily available and ready to use Bunch is that they garbage. they shoehorn it in at the last minute Hate because it. that's why the cgi and movies like terminator 2 and jurassic park still look good is because they were like terrified that people weren't gonna believe it mm-hmm. they weren't gonna buy it and they were gonna think that it was gonna be a fad that pass yeah unfortunately that didn't happen and it, it's now everywhere and it's the solution the problem that you can spend a little extra money doing realistically or practically mm. or cgi can suck the dick all right I'm you sorry. heard it here first <laughs> yep we <laughs> heard it here first says that cgi can suck your dick i can anyway. wonderful speaking of <laughs> sucking dick it's valentine's day tomorrow <laughs> jesus 
Trans- it's not tomorrow. <laughs> I mean, it was you're listening to it today. Oh, Because we recorded this yesterday. Yeah. Oh, so it will be Wednesday. We're time travelers, you guys. So today is Tuesday, it. tomorrow is Wednesday, and will be Valentine's Day for all you couplets out the couples and couplets, couplets. out there. <laughs> all you happy couplets out there. The and if you have no one to share your coffin with, that's fine, too. That's why the good Lord gave us masturbation. Uh, yeah. So yep. we're going to talk about... Uh, since it's Valentine's Day, I came up with a little uh, philosophical question. It's not really philosophical. But uh, I came up with a little uh, thought piece for us to do about uh, why do horror movies make such good uh, choices for date nights? Uh, why are they one of those go-to things? I remember back in high school, I took my girlfriend at the time to go see The Woman in Black on Valentine's Day. Oh, oh that's adorable. How romantic. It, yeah. <laughs> I think nothing it, but a late, nothing. Never mind. I think when I was like fourteen, was that when that came out? I don't remember. But um, it was when My Bloody Valentine 3D came out. Oh my I might god! Older, I don't remember. <laughs> um, but I went and saw that, and that was fucking worth it. I don't even care. I had so much fun with that movie. I still kind of like that. I movie. haven't seen it. I haven't horrible. seen it. So wait, the remake one? Yeah. Oh, oh my god. It's, okay. It's so bad. I but it was seen fun. either of them. The guy from uh, Supernatural, I think, is in it. Jared Have you seen the original? No, the other one. Or the other one. Well, um, yes, but it's been a very long time. Yeah, I was gonna say. Jared yeah, Padalecki like is in a Friday the Thirteenth remake that me and Graham just watched recently. Oh, oh yeah, I like God. him. I know it's I, lame, but I like him. I like that movie too. I do too. <laughs> Nobody so told me that he was a snack. I was like, sure. Speaking what? of Valentine's Day. Interesting. Sorry, back on track. <laughs> the think piece for today is why are horror movies go to for date nights? I leave it to both of you. Okay. I'll let you start. Okay. Um, well, I can actually kind of explain it. Um, uh, she did was... research. Oh, I did. I, did I just, research. I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't we both? <laughs> you, you're bringing stuff to the table. It's all good. You guys, you guys have so much to bring to the table. You don't need notes. I just need notes. Um, uh... <laughs> okay, maybe you do. I don't know. But Continue. I come prepared. <laughs> you sucking dick as a transition, you realize. So. That's, that's true. Oh. Well, but it makes for a great transition. Anyway, I'm going to talk now. We're going to we're going to change the subject from that. Um, so when I was in high school psychology, uh, my teacher told us that uh, the same I like I didn't remember the science behind it, so I took a bunch of notes. But it's just that uh, the same uh, chemicals that are released in your brain when you're being scared are the same ones being released when you're attracted to somebody. Um, so. I think I want to say it's like dopamine and some, yeah, adrenaline, endorphins, stuff like that. Um, which of course we all know when you're scared. Like that's why thrill thrill rides exist. Those chemicals are released, makes you feel good. Um, but that's very similar to the same um, chemicals that are being released when we get like turned on. So um, it actually mentally makes a lot of sense. I don't think consciously people go for that reason necessarily i think maybe dudes just see an opportunity for girls to like dudes <laughs> well you know what i mean she's saying my answer right now so um <laughs> well because i mean you know you, you'll have a reason to like put your arm around her and, and comfort her or whatever if she's scared as and... i said before that was exactly my answer. yeah no see and that's straight from the horse's mouth we got a dude right here so we are horses and, <laughs> and we are dudes oh, uh, yeah, but yeah. Cool. So yeah, my less scientific answer is you can put your arm around. I was gonna say the person. That's that's why that's why I took my girlfriend. That, that to see was yeah. woman in black. I, yeah. You know, it's really weird. It's like I just have never thought about it. Like it's always just been like a horror movie is probably the best 
bet for a date night. Well, I remember, yeah. I think that was an actual conversation I had with this person. I was like, oh, we should go see the woman in black. And they were like, oh, if I get too scared, can I hold your hand? Boo. And I was Boo. like, ha, ha, oh, ma, I think. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what my parents would say. We're bringing up like a, a traumatic memory of Matt's right now. I'm, I'm imagining like you both as little nerdy high schoolers, like taking these girls on. Oh, and I, just, I never, I never got to see a horror movie on a, on a date. I saw. Aww. Oh my god, would I see Twilight or whatever? Aww. It was bad. Yeah, and I think Aww. everyone that went knew it was terrible, and that was the whole point. I'm like, how many you know, people we don't did you take on this date? Well, it was like a huge group thing, but I was like one of the the. But you're like, secretly was, there was trying a couple. to smash no, there was, one of them. There was a couple. It was a couple. Oh. Wait, uh, no, no, no. So it was a group of couples. God damn it. Group not, of couples. Not very group good of at couples. specifying speed. ever. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, I didn't I didn't get the luxury of seeing any horror movies on dates. Have you take you've watched horror movies on dates? Have you Okay, you may not have taken someone to Oh, no, I have. Okay, no, I see what you mean. What yeah. is your go-to horror movie to watch on a date? I don't have a go-to one only cuz what do you have fond memories of? Watch. I, did, I watched one, I think it was junior year of high school, which was um, The Haunting in Connecticut. Oh, I like oh, that really? one. I liked it. I don't remember anything. It was just not, like, You're busy engaged. making out? No, I, well, no. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> we won't me. go any further. Oh, um, no. No, but, uh, yeah, I don't, even when I was watching the movie, I was just like, I should definitely like this movie more than I do right now. Um, mm. But, uh, yeah, that's the only one I can distinctly remember. I'm sure there's been a few along the way. But, uh, anyway. What about you, Jolyn? I think, uh, I know a lot of the time it's been American Psycho. Hey, that's, uh, that's a... <laughs> there's a lot <laughs> going on to be watching that on a date, but I don't know. I don't know. So I take it you were the person who chose American Psycho? Maybe. Uh, oh, I feel like ha- you're on the like, hot seat now. Yeah, a little bit. Okay, yeah, it's it's yeah, probably it's always like that or The Shining. I know I've watched like a ton of times just for that sake. Solid. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else because I, uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. I might have tried to do like Texas Chainsaw Massacre once, but I I would imagine that one didn't go over well. Oh really? Because I haven't done that again. Oh, <laughs> I'll watch it by myself. I've, well, I t- I. With this girlfriend I had in high school, I showed her Halloween, and she was mortified. And then my, <laughs> my current girlfriend I showed Halloween to, and she was not impressed ah. at all. Wait, the, the oh, oh, I think you said Halloween 2 as if, like, Halloween 2, the movie, but you said No, also. Halloween also. That's kind of And shady. no, not the Rob Zombie one. There, mm-hmm. we've fulfilled our contract one. for the day. <laughs> the mentioning of Rob <laughs> Zombie. Of Rob Dude, Zombie. what if he, like, sponsors us just because you guys talk about him so much? I wouldn't be opposed to that. Dude, I'd love that. That or Bloody Disgusting. Bloody Disgusting, if you're yeah, listening. Yeah, we talk about please. that. Please. Please, Bloody Disgusting. <laughs> I always check their app when I'm uh, when I'm looking up what Matt wants to talk about on the podcast. Yeah, half the time, that's what, where I get my topics from, okay. is Bloody Disgusting. It's either on Facebook or on no, the app. No, it's good. It's a good horror news source. Um... What, I'm trying to think. Other than the woman in black, I don't think I've taken anyone to a horror movie as a date, but I have watched oh, yeah. most of the ones movies. I wanted to see were like rated R, and I was just usually yeah, yeah, yeah. couldn't go to an R. That's why the woman we in black was perfect as a yeah. PG-13. <laughs> we, we didn't have very strict theaters when I was in high school, so I, I saw pretty much. Well, we had one theater, and right, it yeah. was not very strict. Or they just thought it was 17 because I'm so old looking. I don't know. Because she chooses American Psycho to terrify her her unsuspecting dates. Well, I don't know. Most <laughs> people know the premise of American Psycho, and I don't know. 
know. I they, I'm sure it's fine. I mean, it's, I mean, just, it's just a drama. It's got Christian Bale. It's, yeah. it's kind of satirical. There's definitely no chainsaw <laughs> murder. There's a little no, bit never. of comedy in it, too. You yeah, know? It's no funny. gratuitous it's three ways with prostitutes no, in the middle of it's it. It's about a businessman. Yeah. You can get on board with that, right? Yeah, well, yeah, that's... I had no idea first when I first heard of American Psycho. I thought it was, I really did not know what to expect. But then I watched it. I was like, I, that wasn't what I was expecting, <laughs> like at all. That's fair. Um, but yeah, I think that uh, that'll settle it for today. So I hope everyone enjoys your Valentine's Day out there. If you couplets or solos out there enjoy your valentine's day doing whatever you want to do practice safe sex yada, you can yada, watch yada. the new clover oh, movie you, on or Netflix. you could listen to the lonely hearts club living the dream podcast because we're doing that again this oh, year oh that's fun uh-huh. even though like most people that were on it last year actually are in relationships now so it may just be myself sitting right here oh, i don't know what like, that is oh. but can i help you can fun? definitely help yeah. if you would like to participate it's gonna be a, a fun time. It comes out, uh, and usually Living the Dream comes out on Fridays, but because it will be Valentine's Day, obviously on Wednesday, uh, mm. the 14th. I always forget what day uh, Valentine's Day is on. But tomorrow. Yeah, yeah tomorrow. <laughs> it will be out tomorrow. It's going to be a fun old time, so be sure to check that out if you are uh, if you're single and don't really have any plans on Valentine's Day. That's my pitch. Ooh. And your hands are tired. So, uh, yeah, thank you so God. much for joining us uh, Jolyn, thank you so much for joining. My pleasure. Even though you keep talking about masturbation, I'm still game. Uh, well, that's how I knew she was a good fit for the show, because <laughs> nothing scares her off. Graham, always a pleasure. Oh, you know. So, yep. He's lying. <laughs> and I'm your host. That sounds like a lie. I'm your host. I love doing a show with you, Matt. Why would I not? Remember the earbuds we talked about in the last episode that are feeding lines to us? That that was one of them. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely sounds like it. Matt Schaefer is the best host I know. So, uh, thank you for listening. Uh, Until next time, we return to our coffins and wait for the sun to dip back below the horizon so we can return to terrorize the streets. One of these days, I'll get my fucking shit together and memorize these preludes and postludes. But until then, have a good fucking night. I don't care. Good night. Now is the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money. Make the reliable investment in reliable energy. The Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. That's reliabilityinvestment.com. The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. The moon, yeah. That's Hugo, tickling the ivories. He just saved by bundling home and auto with Progressive. Gonna finally buy a ring for that gal of yours, Hugo? Send her my condolences. Hi-oh! This next one's for you, too. There's a burglar in my heart. Thank you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations.